0: I'm tommy beardmore i'm adam de and welcome to before the break a podcast for actors by actors brought to you by working actor pro Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Before the Break. Um, we are starting a new series, and we've we've obviously we talked to actors predominantly. We've had a, f- a filmmaker series. We talked to um, uh, film directors, but uh, today we're starting a casting director series. And um, one of my favorite casting directors out there is someone who has a whole like lifetime ahead of them, but I've worked uh, a few times with them and. Um, Allie Beans is uh, originally from Dallas. She works in New York, L.A., and I'm sure all over the place in every other market. I don't know which movie I should mention out of like the 30-some movies that she's done. But Homeland, The Cathedral, uh, she's working on probably four or five movies right now. Delivery Bound, Hungry Dog Blues, The Latin from Manhattan, Um, Shadows, A Case of Blue, Out of Order, Extra Innings, which my wife was in. Uh, Please welcome to the show, Allie Beans. Hey, Allie.
1: Wow, Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Did you memorize my IMDb? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um. I yeah. I literally just read down your IMT.
1: Perfect. Um, how
0: you doing, Allie? Thanks for being here.
1: I'm well. I am caffeinated. I'm happy to be here.
2: Excellent. The Same here. Be here. <laughs> yeah. Me
0: yeah. too. Um. Well, you know, we're we're so excited to talk to you. Um. There's so many questions, and and I'm not sure where to begin. But let's just start off. Um. How you got into the business, and and you know, were you an actor before? Were you a performer that kind of transitioned in or were you always gunning for the casting director? Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. So
2: (laughs) um, (laughs) that's it. Next question.
1: Yeah. Moving onward. That Uh, said
2: so much without saying anything.
1: (laughs) 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 So, yeah. So growing up, I definitely wanted to be an actor. I, um, I had, big goals big dreams big plans to like be on broadway and also in movies so i i grew up doing um community theater shows at school uh shows at church like stuff like that um i was a dancer i did all, every theater camp i you know i was really quite i was really quite into it um growing up and then i went and i got my um my BFA in musical theater. And it was actually while I was in college that I decided to transition out of it and into something else. But initially I didn't know, I didn't know what that was going to be. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a lousy director, um, stage management, not my calling, (laughs) like just so many things that I was like, I think I want to, I think I want to do a creative position, but I'm not sure what the creative position is. Um, and really I had no, I had no context for a casting director. You know, there there's no real training ground for it. You can't get a degree right. in it. That's interesting. So it,
0: yeah, there's not like a handbook. It's. I feel like it's. You just right. learn from the casting director that you're working for, and you go off on your own, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I I really feel like I, I
2: never thought of that. Yeah.
1: Aren't you glad you had me on this podcast to blow? She mine? should write a no, course. It, Honestly, it's, Ali, you should it's
0: write so, a course. Like, for casting directors. It's so I'm obvious. Real. I've just never thought never, of that. Like I've never been something... so flattered.
1: I, I'm oh. so like, my my quick sidebar here is my university, my alma mater, does like a TED Talk series every year for like the past 10 years, one of the original like college campuses to do it. Oh, cool. And I'm just waiting for my invitation. I'm like, hello. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> so. Anyway, I'm very humble. Uh, and uh. I. I so I didn't know what it was going to be. And the truth is, the truth behind my thinking at that time, like my 19, 20 year old self was, you know, I feel like I've always been enamored by showbiz. I love the entertainment industry. I get so high off of it. I'm so interested by it. I am so interested in the intersection of arts and commerce and you know how what we do affects the economy sometimes really really well sometimes very very poorly and you know just kind of because of that like I was the kid who woke up every day and read deadline and read playbill like I've just always kind of been obsessed with it and because of <sighs> that I was like I don't know that I'm going to reach my goals fast enough as an actor um I, uh-huh. I just don't know like I think I'm I think I'm pretty good. I think I could have a future doing this, but there are rooms I want to be in and there are people I want to be working with. And I don't know if I take an honest look at myself, I don't know that I'm going to get there going this way. Um, also, yeah, I am interesting, married, interesting. married to an actor at the time was dating an actor. And I was like, if this is going to be a thing, I definitely don't want to be an actor. And like, obviously right. like no offense to any of you who are like, married actor couples but for me it was just like we can be poor all the time or we can be poor just sometimes (laughs) um not that um, you know not that i'm a gazillionaire as an indie film casting director but there was just i i saw another path where like okay if i did something different could i Could I get there faster?
0: Yeah, Um, well, you know, I I bet there are some people, and actually I know there are some people out who it's acting, it's absolutely, maybe I'm not going to get to it. And and they have no other, not a plan B, but a flexibility in mm -hmm. going just this alternate path that's Mm going to get you to the place of of equal fulfillment. But because they're so headset on this one thing that they think that they want, they're riding this imbalance for 10, 20 years, where mm-hmm. if they just decided to kind of straddle something or go this way, they, they would be maybe more successful. So good for you. And and I guess maybe, maybe you, you're you're some people, it's acting and that's it. For you, maybe mm-hmm. I, I think that the way that you described your love of the business, I just want to like cut and keep in my head because it's such a beautiful way of saying I'm interested in, in the commerce of it and the, you know, the, the business and and being part of that wave. And, and you probably came to it so early, but I bet your understanding of the whole umbrella of the industry led you to kind of get out of, of, of acting and be interested in something else.
1: It did. It, it did. and like i will I will also say my last my last two cents on like my decision to like leave it behind was i did I did a summer of like professional summer stock when I was in college, and all of a sudden, when it became when acting be when acting became my source of income, it kind of sucked the joy out of it for me, which was another big hint that like, ooh, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do because I've always loved acting and I've loved performing. And it's been like a source of like, you know, um, self-expression and joy. And like, all of a sudden when it became, you know, how you, how Business. you put the, yeah, dinner on the table. I didn't, I didn't love that. And I didn't <laughs> want that to be my connection to performing anymore. So I
0: yeah wow. to kind of
1: closed the loop there. I, um, I've told this story a billion times. Uh, I, I uh, decided to become a casting director when I met a casting director for the first time, which wasn't until my junior year of college. Um, at that time, my university brought down industry guests for our showcase, and because I was not showcasing that year, I was assigned with like various tasks of like driving people to dinner and picking people up from the airport and making sure it all ran smoothly, and so. One of the people I was assigned to kind of get at the airport and help to his hotel and whatnot was Eric Woodall, who was formerly at Tara Rubin Casting.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I don't know if you've ever auditioned for him in the past. He's now an artistic director and is um, just a a really wonderful, uh, generous person. Um, And we kind of hit it off in the car, (laughs) like little 21-year-old me and this casting director from New York City. And on, on the way to his hotel, he was like, do you have a Starbucks here? And I was like, yes, we have two, (laughs) you know, tiny. I went to both earlier
0: today. (laughs) Yes.
1: Like I know where they are um, and I'm going to take you. And so we ended up sitting there and talking for like an hour and a half. And I was just picking his brain because again, I had, I had no idea what a casting director was. And by the end of that conversation, I was like, this is it. I have figured it out. Like you're what you do matches what i think my skill set is and what i think you know the things i'm fascinated with are and so it was really kind of from that movement move moment onward that i um started to pursue casting so to circle back to something you said earlier i think um i am one of the very i i am i am kind of the beginning of People who came into the business with the intention of like pursuing casting as a career—that's still a very new thing. Um, and I will say, my business partner Daryl Eisenberg was the same way. Like she knew from a young age she wanted to be a casting director, and I think we we are literally some of the first people that that was a thing for. And now, you know, uh, Casting Society of America like sponsors a program called the Tepper Semester, where you can you can go like take courses under casting directors. I actually did it my senior year of college. And so there is kind of, there is starting to be a training ground. There, there are people coming up in the business now who like specifically want to pursue casting, which is, which is really cool. But for the most part, like the people I was working under and the people I'm sure you've auditioned for, for the most part are a lot of casting directors came to it through something else. So they were actors first, or they were, you know Pat McCorkle's also a director, and you have a lot of those. You have a lot of producer casting directors and director casting directors. and like a lot of that lends itself to it and so i I would say to the person you know who has been acting for ten, 20 years and they have thought, this is it, this is it, you know trying to get their to their goals or or whatnot i i I still believe that is time well spent because all of that can. Lend itself to casting in a different way. You know, I say Mm -hmm. that a lot. To I meet a lot of actors who are of a certain age who left the business when they were in their late twenties, early thirties, to raise their family and did something else. When you know, went into finance or worked a corporate job, and then they return in their fifties and sixties when their kids are in school. And sometimes I, I think there's a an element of like. Shame is too strong a word, but, like, embarrassment of, like, well, I used to do this, and then I, I stopped, and now I'm back. And I'm like, no, 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 you are, like, bringing with you a whole wealth of, like, knowledge and experience that people who stayed in it don't have. Like, you have, like, real-life things you can bring to this job. And I do believe, like, even if people come into casting later from other places, like, all experience is relevant in a way. Um Totally. So I will, I'll leave that at that.
0: Love it. You know, when I was a kid, Allie, I wanted to be a casting director. Like oh I truly, I was watch, like, I know talent. I like when I'm watching movies, I'm like, I can see, or I'd go to a talent show or school. And I'd be like, Oh, I'd take this person. If I was in high, mm-hmm. like, I love the idea of casting. I love the, 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 the. The talent that you have Ali has of seeing something that is good that's different that's unique that's right for this particular part, and being the facilitator in making this thing happen you know it's just as as important of a job as the editor, the director, the actor i mean casting is everything and um and what some people do is they can kind of balance the two like natasha and i we we now are casting and producing some things and Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm asking you these questions about where you came from, before we start with our questions from actors, is mm-hmm. I tell actors that the greatest thing that I did for my acting, for my auditioning, was to go into Mercy Phillips and say, can I be your reader? Don't mm-hmm. pay me. I just want to help you out and whatever. That changed my entire world. Casting mm-hmm. my own projects or or other people's projects while I'm producing them has given me this aerial view of – what does mm-hmm. look right and feel right and what I can do? I mean, I did something yesterday that I wouldn't have done um, a month or a year ago because I learned something this week about casting because I'm casting something, yep. you know, and it makes yep. you a better actor. The reason why I have a 1930s mustache right now is because a month ago I would have a beard and not give a shit, but because, because it's like, uh, they'll, if they like me, then they'll cast me. But because I'm on a project right now where everything matters, and if someone just has the slightest thing that's not consistent with the act, then I go off to the next person. It's just in my head. I have a hard time imagining the role. But because of the I shaved everything. I made it exactly how it should be on that tape. Because why? Abandoning my ego, giving them every single thing I can do to make this as believable as possible. And I wouldn't have come to that conclusion again a month ago but it's only through right. knowing this process and seeing from the outside not as an actor that you right. see the whole room for what it is and it makes you walk into the room and not as an actor but as part of the whole machine so yeah. i'm so glad that I, I we got to hear a little bit of of how you started and if there are actors out there who who are interested in this by all means join up and you know do it for the credit do it just to get in the room um but i think it's a great thing for actors to have so So let's, let's ask some questions, Adam. I know we have Mm -hmm. some, huh? Um, Allie, I'd like to start by, I I suppose, focusing on the things that you really love when actors come in. I want to talk about the things that actors do that you don't love, but when actor comes in and when they leave and you say, that was, Mm -hmm. I like that. I like Mm -hmm. that. Um, What's the thing? What are the elements that they do? It could be, mental and emotional it could be Mm -hmm. the performance situations the the choices that they're making Mm
1: -hmm. what do you think yeah it's it's a great question and um i mean obviously like being prepared is everything first and foremost again like you have i i loved everything you just said tommy and i wish every person could like be a casting intern for a week because I think mm. everyone would be better actors, and also there would just be a lot more <laughs> like grace and understanding in our Believe. business. You know, it's uh, it's it's really easy to blame casting. Believe me, everyone does it. I don't want to like relinquish responsibility there. Like there are there are things that are absolutely casting's fault sometimes, but there is the actors showing up prepared. Is you doing everything you can, and I'm going to do my job to meet you there, and hopefully book you want to show um that's always yeah. the goal but i love when i love when people i i love when actors um recognize like the humanity on on the other side of the table like one of the best general meetings i ever had with an actor was when i was a newly promoted casting associate and they came in for a meeting with our office and he turned to me and he said like Hey. I remember when you were an assistant and I came in for you for this thing and like, it's so cool to see what you've done since. I'm so proud of you. Like, congrats on this promotion. And like, I have that, you know, that was six, seven years ago now. And I think about it frequently because that is the only actor to ever say that to me. And I... You know, like again, and not not to not to be like, wow, you all should know my resume, and you should be congratulating me on every single thing. Like what they I'm
0: connected with you, they connected with you from a human level. It wasn't like, hi, you're a casting director, I'm an actor, I hope to get this job, let's go, where do I stand? It's more like hey, they connected with you in a in a real way.
1: They did, and there was also the recognition that like. I have to hustle for work too, especially you know, like Daryl. Yeah, you and I, also you know. have a
2: life. You also have a career. Yes, and we they, are
1: a freelance, a largely freelance boutique casting office. Like projects don't just land in our lap, you know, just like right. actors. Like I have to hustle for my work as well. And I, I I think there's this common misconception that casting directors just like sit on the other side on this like pile of money and stability. And that. That's not really the case. So Wait, it was just a really. I know. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but it was just a really, really lovely moment of like an actor really seeing me, and that was one of the only times that's happened. So I, wow. I really love it when someone comes in the room, and we can just chat and this kind of this kind of ties into like my least favorite my least favorite thing actors do when they come in the room so i'll just go ahead and like fold Bring that in. on which Bring is on. coming coming into the room in character is my least favorite thing uh. least, like we have to meet you we have to meet you um for a plethora of reasons but and I'd love to
0: hear those reasons that you need to see them as a human being because mm-hmm. they're going to be at a table read. They're going to be at a press thing. They're going to be at a film festival. They're representing you because your client needs mm-hmm. to like the product that you're sending. Yes. And how are you supposed to know this person if they're coming in as the plumber?
1: I'm not going to spend guy, a you know? crazy person to set. Like, I'm just not right. going to do it. It's going to blow right. back on me. Um, and I... I, I I'm thinking of like two instances in particular, one which was for uh, one of my larger indie films where uh, an actor came in in person and like I had a, I had a really lovely, like super personal director behind the table, which is my love language. Like, again, like I was saying, I love when you can come in and we can just kind of like connect and chat and be like catch up on like what you're doing. And again, like I said, I love when actors are like, oh, my God, I saw I saw that movie of yours went to Sundance. Like that is so cool. Thanks. Like I, I I love stuff like that and, um, and vice versa. Like I, I really do my best. Like when I see an actor who auditions for me frequently is in a really cool project that, you know, is a top 10 on Netflix or they got into a really cool festival or, or got an independent spirit award. Like I remember stuff like that. And I, I do make it a point to bring it up when you come in the room. Um, because I don't know, I give a shit, <laughs> and so like it's always right. nice when it's always nice when that's reciprocated. Um, and again, I'm not saying like memorize my my resume, follow my career intensely, but I, I will say like I deeply appreciate like human connection, words of affirmation, um, yeah. and I love working with teams who feel similarly. I um, I work with some really really good directors in the independent film space and um so on this particular day i was behind the table with one of those and he's very nice guy super generous he's one of those directors where you come in the room and he he's the one introducing everyone behind the table and what what are you doing have you how have you been today like let's just talk and then we'll jump into it and like no big deal And like i love that i love like taking the edge off like let's just be people Mm -hmm. um but the actor came in and was clearly like kind of auditioning for an intense role and just was like kind of just like nodding and and like not and i could i i watched it just kind of like turn my director off and then he was like okay well let's yeah let's let's do the scene and then he did and then the director kind of just dismissed him um and i could tell the actor at the end was like oh no like what did i and then he was kind of trying to like chat and and whatever and i was like no oh. he, like We were extending that invitation, like, come, come in and and meet us and whatever, and then we'll get into it. But it was just like a, it was a weird vibe. It was a weird vibe. And I think because of that, my director was like, okay, well, if you can't, if you can't come in and like, shed this, I don't want you on my set. And, um, Hmm. another time the devil's
0: advocate though i'd say and i know Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say the answer after but here's the devil's advocate who will say yeah but he he's trying to get into character and it's really hard to go from conversation to performance but Mm -hmm. what what will get you through that is not giving so much of a shit to the situation Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. it's actually more important that you're connecting with them you know um, i think who's like you know the head down kind of like trying to is like they want this extremely bad. They almost want it too much. They want it so bad they can't connect with the director because they want it so bad. So almost the abandonment of the belief that this thing is going to do everything for you, which is why actors get better as they get older because they kind of lose the sensitivity of the power of the audition. It's like, hey, man, you're not going to be happy tomorrow whether you book this or not because that's just the reality, you know? Yeah. Maybe the key to that is... Is is understanding where your real fulfillment is going to come from. One. And two, that these business people, this is a business meeting, they want to know who they're going into business with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's tough. It's so tough because I definitely I empathize with actors a lot. Again, like I'm I'm married to one. So I see a lot of this firsthand in my own home of just like really, really wanting something and preparing so hard for it and just wanting to do your very best work. And I understand like people feeling like maybe that's the way to do it. I'm just going to go like, you know, full method and come in and like really rock it. But you, I, I do believe just from experience, you have to, you have to learn to shed that you have to learn to, um, you know, go with the flow a little bit and like meet us where we're at in the room. Like you have to be able to be malleable and um, that's tough. And like, Again, like I really feel for actors because I I totally agree. Like I definitely know when someone comes in the room doing that. It's not to be an asshole, it's cuz they really want the job. And like I I feel for that quite a bit. I'm telling you like from experience, it sometimes just reeks of desperation. And I know I know again, like that's not necessarily what's happening, but that's what I have observed like my director feels like is like, oh, this is, this is weird. And it, it just comes off as like a weird energy. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough. Like it's, it's amazing.
0: A- we, we always, I mean, like every other episode we talk about the abandonment of desperation and every time mm-hmm. I hear it again, it's like, man, this is a universal language that everybody believes in. I didn't have words for it when I was like in it, yeah. but I realized, Oh, all the LA actors that come into Chicago, are, like, talking about where we're going for dinner. They're not talking about the uh, the self-tape that they have to – it's, like, they, they're they pros. They're talking about life and all their things. They're not, you know, that abandonment of <laughs> – uh, I mean and, – and I mean the professional – a professional level of actor coming in to say, hey, man, this is the job. Like, yeah. we don't need this to be happy, you know. Um, But mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the key in those rooms is, like – that's the true measure of a professional is when you can break away from it. Mm -hmm. The amateur Mm -hmm. is like, give it to me. Always. I'll do anything. I'll break my leg for this role. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you Mm -hmm. you want it too bad. And that's just the, that's the turnoff. It's like the opposite of a pheromone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. You hit, you hit the nail on the head and it's, that was one of my biggest takeaways. The, one of the first times I did a live session in LA for a film was just the like vibe of the holding room um, was so different from auditioning actors in New York. Um, I've never not, done like, it. I've been like, here
0: for a year and I've never been in a holding room yet, so I don't even know what to expect.
1: Well, let me <laughs> let me tell you what it's like. Okay, please. I'm not right. a not a single uh, person shows up on time. Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly what I thought.
1: My my like conditioned uh. New York brain was like what is this do they just not care where are they but like fortunately again like my whole team was LA and they're like great let's go get more coffee sushi like okay and I was like what is this like relaxed energy and how do I find that for myself um but the you know like aside from no one showing up on time which is fine they all they all got there but like people were so like they just didn't have they just knocked that edge off like there was just no nervous energy it was all just like a bunch of relaxed people and it came, it comes off as confidence it really does and That's like it. yeah it it was really nice and again like i don't know if it's the sunshine or the green juice or what but la la actors have really figured that out of like how to come in and just be a person now i will say la is where my my story happened but that was one person that was like one person out of the whole day um right. And like God, I love New York actors. I love New York trained actors. I love theater trained actors. Like, of course, there's always going to be like a a deep spot in my heart um, for them. But we could all stand to learn to learn something, I think, from from L.A. And I think I think we got a little bit closer to that, like especially during the pandemic. Um, of just like prioritizing our work-life balance a little bit better and whatnot. So I think as an industry, yeah. like we're going to slowly gravitate to that, which would be really cool. <laughs> so. You're right.
0: You're right about COVID. Like I, and I think I was prepped to embrace this ideal prior to COVID was COVID that really did it for me mm-hmm. to observe. And, and I think my mother passing did this as well, but like, there are way more important things than acting 10 years ago. I wanted to die on set. And when you broke away a force break universally, um, we tapped back into our human desire for connection and family. And it got to a point where my phone would ring and I'm like, please don't let it be an audition. I just Mm -hmm. don't (laughs) care about it right now. You know? Um, And I think that set me free in a way. And for actors mm. to find other things. That's why, like, when you get married, you get a kid, and all these places, all these people are like, oh, you have a kid, acting stop. No, no, no. no. You, you start to have other things that are way more important. One, and two, your emotional spectrum just bursts because life, like we said in the beginning of this episode, when life gives you so many things, you get to, that's where real art comes from. Yep. Suffering and yep. life experience, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, Adam, I think you have a couple of questions. Adam said, I'm gonna pose questions, but I think when I say what if an actor, I'm really just I'm talking just talking about, about myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great. All right. Well, no, um, for some a lot of uh listeners for this show are gonna love we have a casting director on because I feel like so many times it's it's one of those professions in the industry where you may not know casting Mm -hmm. directors and you always have like you know back when you used to go into the office and you know you'd get out of an audition and you just have like a million questions going through your head but you can never really like ask the people who yeah do the job um so i'm sure like a lot of people are wondering what gets them in the room in the first place like what are some of those things that you guys are looking for is it literally just headshots are you going through reels are you going mm-hmm. through resumes what are like the the things that you guys go through to to say oh they're great we should mm-hmm. bring them in
1: yeah and but, reach
2: out to their reps and say hey we'd love to see your client
1: yeah it's a it's a great question and i will say this is another thing that the pandemic has uh sort of shifted in In a positive way, I, I do think there are things that have shifted in a negative way as well, but I will say one of the upsides to kind of the moment we're in and everything being like virtual for the most part, which again, I have mixed feelings about, but on the whole, a big positive has been because it's on my own time, like watching auditions. I do feel like I've just cast a wider net, um, for, uh, submissions and, and roles. Um, yeah. So I I've met a lot of people in d- during this time because you know in in the past it would be if I'm holding an in-person session I'm really like looking at first and foremost do I know you that is the best way to get in the room with me uh, and I I think that's probably that's probably true for a lot of casting directors you know do I know you have I brought you in before? And do I bring you in frequently? Have I seen you in something? You know, it can be anything like that. Even if we don't know each other personally, am I familiar with your work? Um, Mm -hmm. Because again, like in a world where we're doing in-person sessions, I may have 10 times for that role. And so I want to be sure I am bringing the 10 most interesting, most diverse options for the part. And I want to make sure these 10 people are going to knock it out of the park. And the surefire way to do that is do I know them, you know? And so uh, that's one. Two, if I don't know you, then I am, you know, okay, let me see your resume. Let me watch a reel. Let me familiarize myself with you. It was doing all of that. But The truth is there's no better way for me to get to know you than to have you audition for me. And I've had that opportunity in the past two years, you know, because it's on my own time watching all these tapes. I'm, you know, I'm not going to spin wheels like watching a hundred reels and whatever when I can just have you put the material on tape and let me get to know you on something I'm casting. So that's been really nice. I think the downside to that that I've just become more aware of is I also... I don't want to make actors spin wheels either. And so like I, I've considered like, okay, have I done, have I done damage by requesting too many tapes for a part and get, getting too many hopes up and like stuff like that. And so I've, you know, I'm trying to find a good, happy medium there. Um, and.
0: Can I ask you, Allie, you have a an indie and there's five roles that you're casting. Let's just call it five. How many Mm -hmm. are you, you're probably casting the net and then a bunch of people obviously submit, but you're obviously choosing Mm -hmm. a group of them. How many are you choosing? um, Let's say they're all supporting, you know, to get away from like, it's a lead. Let's say they're all just strong supporting. How many are you bringing in per?
1: Sure. Um, For a strong supporting role, I'm, I'm requesting right now anywhere from 20 to 40 tapes. And now that that's Whoa. just requests, so I will probably get back twenty to thirty. You know, it's no, I I very like people will pass, people won't be available, but that's kind of like the initial ask. I'm doing. And you're
0: banking on the aid, the rep sending their three best people for that role. This rep sending their two. Is that?
1: It's a combination. It's a combination of submissions. I always make my own lists for projects as well. So if somebody is not submitted by their rep, but I'm like, I'm, I want to see this person, I'll, I'll request it anyway. I've done that a million times where, you know, I'm like, cool, let's take tapes from these three. And you didn't submit so-and-so, but I love them. So if they're free, like I'd love to, I, I'm always having, we always have our own internal lists on projects. And we um, have so many
0: actors in your head.
1: You must so, have many. so many I I do I do have <laughs> so many I have so many actors in my head all the time
0: just like a I cycle have, a carousel of headshots
1: I do and I have um I have so many actors that I love that I've auditioned probably hundreds of times now that I've never cast in anything and it like keeps me up at night. So I really just say that as like a word of validation, and encouragement, like casting loves you. <laughs> like we really do. I know that I Adam, Adam
0: loves that, that she just said that because it's like
2: you're loved. You well, love that's, that, that's that's big thing. Okay, so... <clears throat> You're, the, you're in the casting office and let's just say, you know, whether it's for TV or film, whatever it is, you have a couple dozen actors who your office just love, love, loves. And you consistently bring them in for years, but they're never booking with you guys. What are some of the reasons, you know, because you guys are rooting for them. You're bringing them in all the time, but, you know, they just are never... Getting that booking. What are the some of some of the reasons or some of the hurdles why that may never happen?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and it's it's different in every scenario. Of course, um, the truth is, and again, like another common misconception is, I don't choose who gets the part. Um, I, I sometimes yeah. wish I could, but for the most part, I have learned to like really enjoy that part of my job. Like, great, my only job is to be everyone's number one cheerleader. And I love that because I love a lot of actors. And the truth is, and this is probably hard to hear, the truth is that like a lot of a lot of roles could have gone any which way. And that's like really tough when I, you know, I have several people really knock it out of the park and the team's like, it we don't we're gonna go this way but like we would be just as happy with these other people and like it's I I think it's really hard for actors to understand like that is a victory even if it's not a victory that's like translating to a role in a project we
2: talk about it all the time on this show and that getting called in and having those offices who love you that's kind of the goal (laughs) You know, to have those offices constantly call you in and trust you and, you know, um, you know, it shows that you're doing something right. And we talked Mm -hmm. on the show too about like what you're just saying of it could go in. It's not personal. It might have to do with your hair based on who the lead is, you know, or, you know, just visually on the screen. They're like, it could be either one just to break up the the image. Let's go with this person. Just so there's like, it. The, on camera, yeah. it'll be a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. And it has literally nothing to do with your talent or you fucked something up in the audition yeah. tape. It's right. just, it's not that. And I think people get so wound up and in their head about like, well, if I'm not booking, that must mean I suck. And it's like, No, it doesn't at all.
1: It's so very rarely personal, which is, again, just echoing what we were saying earlier, why I wish every actor could like sit in a casting office for a week. Because that was one of the first things I learned. Was like, oh, well, there's nothing they could have done about that. Like, well, well, that's nothing to be upset over. Like, what can you do about that? Like, that's totally outside of their control. But like, as an actor, I think you really let it go to your head of like, well, I didn't deliver or I didn't X, Y, Z. It's like, no, you know, you, you were two inches too tall for whatever, you know, it's like just something totally outside of your control. So that's, you know, what I'll say about that is like, it's going to be different every time. And I have, you know, there, there are so many people that I've brought in dozens of times and it's gotten down to the person who books it and them. And like, it's a different reason every time. And the truth is, that actor is still like wonderful and I will continue to bring them in because like they are delivering. You are delivering. Even if you're not booking, like you show up prepared and you're doing great work. So you stay on my short list. And that is something I encourage, you know, all actors to think about is like, I think there's a lot of obsession with like getting reps and like representation is great. And some of my closest friends in the world are agents and managers and like They do incredible work on their own, but there is so much that you as the actor still control. And like beyond that, like, okay, when you do have the opportunity, when you are on set, are you making the most of that experience? Are you a kind and enjoyable person? Like, are you, you know, are you cool? Like we were talking about, like, are you enjoyable to have on a set? Because you want to be on, you want to be on your director's shortlist. Um, and are you making the most of every experience when you come into a casting office? And again, like making that connection with the casting director like really doesn't hurt of being like, "Hey, Allie, I saw you went to Venice with that film of yours. That's so neat. Like, congrats. Like I remember stuff like that. And then therefore I remember you. And right. you want be you want to be on my shortlist internally because the result of, you know, these people who, you know, may not be booking all the time, but like consistently deliver it for me. Those are the people who get jobs out of the blue from me. Like out of the blue, last minute, we lost somebody for this developmental reading, and they, my team, is just asking me for a body. Guess who I'm going to? You know, someone it's reliable, like
0: reliable, someone good. You know the person, yes.
1: exactly. And that's one of the first things that happens when I come onto a new project. Is a director will be like, "Oh, let's make sure we see these five people." Like you, as an actor, should be aspiring to be on that list. Like sure, like submit, 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 audition, 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 like have reps, whatever, but like you should be striving to be on that list. And I was, um, I was in, I was in New York last week having, um, dinner with a, a really good friend of mine, who's an actress. And she was telling me like kind of a very similar story. And this is a person who's again, like always kind of on my short list. And she's clearly on the short list of another, um, very, very well-known and renowned um, independent film casting director in New York City, uh, who out of the blue was casting a very, very prominent TV show might be on HBO in New York City. And they had like, they were not getting this this co-star to stick for whatever reason. And the team was kind of like, we'll just give us somebody and she's like, great, and sent this actress. And she's like, I it just, I got this offer out of the blue. I was just like stunned. Wow. And she was like, I'm sorry. I know it's a co-star. And I know you usually do guest stars. And she was like, I don't care. I just want to work. And I think it's amazing that like this just fell in my lap. And I was like, well, that is the result
2: it of always going. And, and I
1: think this, again, this actress, yeah. a conversation we've had for a long time is she's like, I really want to be doing more TV. I don't know why it's sticking And then this was just like a really beautiful, you know, result of her, of her hard work. She's like, I did it. I got a, I got a TV show and it just landed in my lap. And I was like, well, yeah, because you, you show up and like deliver every time you go in, it's not surprising to me that this casting director was like, you need to use this person. Um, And that happens, you know, with, again, like I said, that happens with directors. It happens with producers of like, we all kind of have a running short list of like, these are some actors I really like who always show up and give it 110%. Um,
0: No matter if it's booking the role or not, it's it's the auditioning of the role. And I I think everything changed for me when I stopped considering a success as the booking of the role. Because then Mm what? 90%, 95, depending on the year, percent of the time that I didn't, what, I failed?
2: Mm -hmm. No.
0: You know, the goal is, to do what you do. And when you leave the room that the casting director says, good, it was good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he'll, or shield book, but like good, the good is like the key for the future. It's not about sometimes I'm auditioning and I don't even know if I want the thing. Of course I take it. If I was booked, it's not about the specific project. It's about my job is to wake up, grab my number and do everything that I'm supposed to do that day, which includes auditioning no matter what, you know, just getting up and doing it, especially if you don't want to do it or it's an inconvenience, or and then you string that along for ten years, and then you get to a point where you're just doing a, a handful of great projects every year, just because you were that person that just kept going. And half of the stuff that I've done is simply from something before. Yeah, you know, and it might have been. I agree audition.
2: with you, Tommy. There's there's some you know auditions that come through, and I'm like, you know, I would love to be on this show. I don't know if this is the role that I want for Mm -hmm. me to be on the show, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't have to go to the office. It's, you know, I can just do it in my living room, throw up the backdrop and the ring light, and it's them seeing me again. And if I get it, cool. If not, it's another audition that they've seen of me, and it's an office that brings me in all the time. So why the fuck not? You know. Yeah, it's it's, But I, I do have that sometimes, like, if I don't book this, it's totally fine. Because I don't know that I'm in love with this role or, like, it's not going to change my life by any means, you know, some kind of co-star. But I'm like, it's another – it's another – um time of them seeing me and that yeah. is always positive
0: and that's experience right adam i mean <clears> like <throat> early on when you first start you're gonna submit to anything and everything so 40 year old woman it's like yeah but i could play i could be the wild card it's like once you do it so many times you're like yeah but that's not for me you know I'll pass it's okay you know like i said the sensitivity of like having doing every single thing it kind of loses its its power and you become more intentional about
2: kind of what you're doing and and why um and ali you mentioned uh, guest stars in the world of tv what are some things you guys are looking for in terms of when you're bringing people in and who you're bringing in for co-stars guest stars recurring uh series regulars you know is there any are there any particulars about who comes in for those things versus others and then in those tapes for certain kinds of roles what are you guys really really looking for what uh mm-hmm. stands out
1: Mhm. It's a great question. I'm not actively working on a uh, TV episodic um although that is a that is a goal of mine. I'm just going to manifest it on your podcast. Oh, you will.
0: <laughs> you know you will. But but,
1: but we do we do <clears throat> still do a lot of um episodic work in podcasts and like scripted narrative series. We've actually done quite a bit of work in that space. And Daryl and I both have TV episodic backgrounds. And so I know it has shifted and changed quite a bit, especially in the last few years. I feel like the number of TV shows has just like quintupled, frankly, um, which is awesome. It's so There's wild. so much. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so, so insane
2: much. how much, I mean, just for, I'm in New York Mm-hmm. you know how much work there is here in television i mean film has mm-hmm. always been here will always be here but like you know you you'd have a f- few tv series in new york but like my god the amount of shows that are here it's yeah. just unbelievable how much work there is to be had and let, let's just say it's like a hour-long show okay you film in eight nine days it's a quick turnover Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how much work there is here,
1: mm-hmm. and so, like that being said, I think it has changed somewhat because the landscape of TV has changed somewhat in like a really exciting way. Um we have always been i think it it used to be you know, you had to you had to do your time and you had to really be a TV person to book a series regular. and now we have you know, people from the theater world, like playing lead roles on tv series and like absolutely crushing it and i think again there's like something really exciting about like the opportunities that exist right now uh it's really neat and i think that creative teams are getting like less scared of you know trying fresh faces because it's working you know and that's like really That that being said about like co-stars and guest stars and series regulars like my philosophy it has has always been and will always be like are you good <laughs> are you good like can you do the role then then i want to see you for it and i we have auditioned people for um the series regular who then just ends up playing like a a guest star in another episode and we've we've auditioned the guest star who ends up playing a co-star and i think you know for better for worse there are actors and Really actors, um, agents, and managers who decide at a certain point, like, okay, well, th- she's only doing guest stars now. Which, fine. Like, if you want to decide that for yourself, like, by all means. Like, again, it, we all have to have a floor. We all have to have a floor. Even I do, you know. Um,
2: is that something, like, a rep would say to you guys? Like, hey, just just so you know, uh, my client from now on is really kind of looking at this level and we're not really interested in.
1: Um, yeah. Yes. And also sometimes it's like discretionary based on like what the project is, you know, like if it is yeah. a, a random TV show that we bring you a co-star for, they're like, yeah, maybe not this. But if it's a new Apple series that I don't know, Martin Scorsese's directing, they'll be like, I will take a dump on this show. <laughs> like,
0: Or, somebody- or, yeah, or if, if the co-star obviously it's like say instead of the guy who finds the body it's the it's the cop in the precinct he's gonna probably she's gonna come back maybe I, you know you can say though you can say yes to some of those but does it does it hurt if a, if an actor does has booked a guest star before and mm-hmm. they are reading for one of those under fives that are clearly an under five does that hurt their image to the casting director
1: no, not to me at all. And I think a lot. I think honestly, on the whole, most actors, if it's a if it's a good role, they want to do it because I believe actors like to work. Um, and again, like the actors I know, generally say that. I don't think any less of you for wanting to pay your bills or to be on a TV yeah. show, regardless of how totally. many lines you have. I also do not hold it against anyone who's like at a certain point, this is where I'm at in my career. I'm kind of done doing that. Like, I love that. Like decide that for yourself. My only thing there is I ask that like, don't, Audition for us, then like don't audition for it. Like, I don't like when people audition for the co star and then get the offer and pass on it because it's too small. I'm like, okay, well, you knew that when it was in the breakdown and it said co star, you know? It's so disrespectful.
0: Really? And, and there are actors who are saying, why is that disrespectful? Because you went through the trouble of getting all these people to the client, which is your producers, whoever it is. Then they get excited about who this person is because obviously they chose them. And then and the actor says, no. And it's like, it sort of reflects also. Not really on you, but it kind of does because of the experience that they're having with the cat with the whole process of that particular
2: project. I, it's just the right. sort of <laughs> shock that happens, to be honest. It it that's...
1: does. It does. It happened. I I don't know. And like again, I I try to like. I I try to believe that, like, everybody has the best intentions, and honestly, the feedback I get from a lot of those scenarios where I'm like, okay, well, what happened here is, like, I'm so sorry, they just, like, they wanted to get in front of this director, or, like, they wanted to get in front of you, and, like, I do... Like, as a human person trying to make it in the world, I do understand that. But I'm like, okay, but ultimately, you know, that actually hurt you instead of, and I've I've walked through this with my friends who are actors. They're like, I can't do this show, but I just got this appointment and -and so-and-so is directing. And I'm like, do not take that opportunity from somebody who can do it. You know, like, that's, it's not going to reflect well on you. I know, like, I get it. Like, I get it. You have the opportunity to be in the space with somebody that, like, you really want to collaborate with. I I. Get that, and like it breaks my heart for you. But like, hear me say from experience: like, ultimately, that is not going to bode well for you. That is not going to help mm-hmm. you along if you just end up passing. um So I don't know. Then you know, there's a word salad about that,
0: right? Of course. Now, what about what, what about real quick? I want to ask this. You know, if you somebody's on your radar, you're bringing them in. What about people who are not on your radar? Who mm-hmm. They have the headshot, they have the resume, they have the reel. How can they break into that, whether it's you or A.V. or whoever, how do they get on the radar? Um, if they're not on a currently a, a Broadway show or a, a show that's airing right now, it's it's almost, it seems kind of like a, almost an impossible thing unless happenstance or serendipity yeah. or, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, yes yes <laughs>
0: the pitch. Is, the pitch. Is, the, is it the agent pitch that gets them in <clears throat>
1: sure sometimes it is like it's it's different it's different in every scenario like again i i say this like with with caution but like two nights ago i'm i met an actor at a bar that i'm probably going to bring in for something but it wasn't because this person came up to me and was like hey you're Alley beans i'm an actor it, it was just like it was somebody that i was introduced to by a friend and we kind of we're both from Dallas and like, just again, through like human connection conversation, I learned that like, he's an actor and is back in Dallas now. And I'm like, well, you know, Dallas theater center is one of my clients. Like we're about to begin casting our season. Like you definitely like, let's swap information. Would love to see you. So like, again, like there's always like going to be organic networking that happens, um, which is always like fun and really lovely. Again, this is not me advertising. Like if you see me at a bar, come up to me, like, that's not what I'm saying. Um right. but I'd be I'd be <laughs> remiss I re, I would be remiss if I didn't say like stuff like that happens. Like I I meet people out in the wild, like <laughs> to put it. It's hard uh, to not words. feel
0: used, I'm sure, Allie. In uh, place in times like that, no?
1: I I have a pretty good bullshit detector. Um it's it's mm-hmm. always like pretty and again, like my my husband is an actor and um yeah mostly a theater actor and sometimes you know in in certain settings i can tell i'm like oh this this person's thirsty like this person's thirsty (laughs) talking to me but on the whole again like people tend to be cool cool about it um and then uh you know I I do my best to always have like accessible and free ways to meet me. I do a lot I I do a lot of work with um the Sag Foundation. I do casting access with Sag from time to time which is free for both Sag and Actors Equity members. Um I do I do uh I do teach classes here and there. I've kind of slowed down just because of my workload's a little bit um Tight right now um and you know again like through casting society like we we hold events to meet people i am very very active and open on social media um i'm i'm pretty like transparent like if you slide into my dms like don't expect me to respond that's just not how i use that's not how i use my social media although i do um you know i do use it for like work in education purposes, um, I'm just never... I'm never going to feel good about, like, an actor sliding to my DMs and being like, hey... See me for this thing. When oh wow, an submission... actor
0: did that. How did he think to do that? How Amazing. did
1: he think to do that? <laughs> it's it's like again, I'm not going to hold it against you, but I'm probably not going to respond, and I'm very clear about that. And also, like my submissions inbox email address, like is not hard to find. Like it's on our website. Like we have a very clear oh, yeah. system um, way of doing things. So you know, to, I just I just I always tell actors that like I meet in. In class or workshop settings, I'm like, just be smart about how you interact with me. Be smart about how you interact with casting directors. Like, again, if it's somebody you know, like, you know, Tommy, who I have cast before, and like, you come in for me all the time. Like, again, where there's a report, and same, same with your wife, who I've seen and I've cast before. Like, we have years of like interactions at this point. Right. Like, it's not weird to me for you to be like, hey, come on my podcast and whatnot. I feel like that's an, oh, earned, right? Yeah interaction but i'm just talking for like the random person who tags me in their reel on instagram with no context i'm like what do you what do you want me to do with this <laughs> you know <It's> like, <sighs> i know i know and well, again it's come to the understanding because, like, I, it
2: literally upsets me we just did a, a like a a special episode at uh, tommy and i where we talked about like self-tape do's and don'ts and he was casting something at the time and some of the stuff that we talked about i'm like it, it honestly surprises me that people think to do things and in their head they're probably like, that's a good idea. And it's something so fucking idiotic and stupid and just – like how can you be so not self-aware to do certain things? But those are the things? people that well, were never we're like,
0: supposed to – Those were the people that
2: – I, those, that's I the, know. It just – Oh no. my god god i do they I, yeah i don't know do they think like one day they're gonna like you know be some star and go you know how i got my start i and it's yeah. something so stupid and it's like i it's crashed an audition. It. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it oh my worked. god i remember once at, at at telsey um this girl i was waiting to be seen for something and this this girl comes in and she's like hey can i leave my uh Headshots and resumes, and the woman at the desk was like, I I guess, okay. Yeah. And she she's like clipping them and you know, getting them together. And the woman's like, Oh my god, okay, come on, let's let's speed this up. So on her way out, she's this this girl who came in, this actress, beautiful. And at the end, she's like, Oh, she saw the board with the name of the show, and she was like, Can I just read for this? And the woman behind the desk was like, No. You can't come into a casting office and then just say, oh, that's so funny. You're casting a show today. Can I just read for you while I'm here? And she just went, absolutely not. And the girl, oh, oh, okay. I was like, oh, my God. She must have just gotten off a bus from Minnesota or something. It was like, I'm going to go to Telsey and staple my headshot and resume. Drop that off, and I'm just going to be seen for something today. And it's, oh, my God. It's like.
1: Yeah, it's. It's so tough because again, like (laughs) I see a lot of that, but I also like hear me say and not to, I don't know, not to empower the wrong person. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say like I have seen big ballsy moves pay off. Like I have, I I have. But it is when it is it is such a strong, calculated. Moved by an actor who—I mean, you—you you have to be one hundred percent confident this is the right thing to do. And I have mm-hmm. occasionally seen that pay off, and I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. And the talent I have had, and the talent
0: to supplement
1: that. Exactly. Exactly. Made, I have, you know, I have one time see, had somebody crash an audition where I was like, you know what? Good for you. And it was, it was an actress of a certain age. Her agent did not submit her for it, but she found the breakdown and she was like, I am right for this. Like, I am perfect for this. And, you know, came, dropped her headshot and resume off with my monitor outside and was like, will you please get this to Allie and like, let her know, like, let her know I am right for this. And I don't think my agent submitted me. And so sure enough, my intern brings it to me. And she's like, I just got this from this lady. And I was like, woof. But then I looked at it. I was like, you know what? She is. She's right. It was for it was for a case of blue, actually. And like, she didn't she Come didn't get it but i there there was like again this person really knew who they were they really knew like their skill set and like i'm sure she saw the people we were bringing in and was like these are the people i am in line with you know like all the time and so like i again i think every now and then and i i would say the same about like if you are cold submitting to me if you don't know me and you want to know me i i appreciate like again like just a really well crafted, educated pitch to me, and I like specificity. I like, again, as I mentioned. Hey, Allie, I saw your film um, during Sundance this year. That it, you know, thought it was amazing. I'll obviously, flatter me first, always. I feel like I've said that a hundred right, times on here. <laughs> flatter me first, first and foremost. Tell me I'm gorgeous. Tell me what Two, I did right. I I I don't love when I just get random like. Here's my reel, or this is me. If you have anything, you know, keep me in mind for things. I'm like, that's so. Keep true. it
2: specific, like yeah. that woman. Where I know the breakdown, I saw yes. it. I know I'm right yes. for this. So exactly. X, Y, and Z, not exactly. a general. Like you know, if anything ever comes around. It's like, um, right.
1: Right. It's like I post, we try to post if we can our, our breakdowns to our website. So I like when I get from an actor, like, Hey, we've never met. I'm familiar with your work. Um, I think I'm really right for this. I'm right for this role. And here's why, and here's my stuff that I can work with. Like, I love that. I love an actor who's like confident and knows themselves and like pitches accordingly. I don't love when I get, I don't love when I get pitches from actors where I'm like, hey, I saw these projects on your IMDb and like, if there's a role I'm right. It's just like, it comes off, like again, like I believe the intention is good. I believe, you know, you're an actor trying to get work. Like I'm, I don't want to disrespect that. Like I I understand the hustle. I just think there's a better way to do it because it's just kind of, I, I, all the time, like it'll be announced that we're attached to a project and someone will be like, can you please see me for it? And I'm like, How do you know that you're right for it? First of all, you know, and I get that all the time with people will just like look at projects in pre-production on my IMDb. I'm like, you have no idea if this is actively casting or not. You're just kind of like throwing shit. Endlessly throwing out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which again, like, again, I don't, I understand the hustle, but I think there is a better way to do it. And I promise if you just wait and find like the really specific thing you write for, that is a much more effective way to like get an appointment from me. Otherwise I just, uh, I have no reason not to believe you're not doing that to every other casting director, like just going through all of our IMDBs and being like, Oh, look, they're doing this movie. I'm just gonna, you know, it's like, so if you're, if you're doing that, like, why Why should I like take it seriously? Um, Yeah.
0: And what about, what if, what if somebody is right for it? They call their agents, they say, "I, I know I'm right for this. I didn't get in, or maybe they pitched you or they, they submitted, but you didn't get the audition, but you know that you're right and they haven't pitched you yet. What is, if you, if you have an answer for this, great, if not totally fine, but what is an example of a good pitch where, the agent is conveying to you that their client is per it's not see my client. It's my client reached out to me. They said that they're really good for this. And I believe that they are. Will you, will you see them? Maybe that's the pitch, but what do they say that gets you to be like, you know what? Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, again, like I'm, I'm huge on specificity. If I don't, if I, if I know you and I don't bring you in, and I get that email, then I have no problem saying to an actor, saying to an agent, like, hey, I know Tommy. I love Tommy. He's not going to book this, and here's why. And I don't want you to spin your wheels, like, putting nice. together an audition for something right. that, like, I know you're not going to book because there are things I know about the project that aren't public information. So, like, there's, there's that version of it where... I do occasionally like get an email from an agent being like, Hey, I know you've seen so and so a bunch of times. They were asking about this. And I'm like, I love them so much. This is not reflective of my love for them. It's just that, like, these seven things outside of their control. And I'm always met with like a really lovely, like, thank you so much for like not wasting anyone's time. Then there is the, you know, they're really right for this. And I see it and I'm like, Okay, well, then why didn't I bring that person in? And it's usually. It's usually a, if it's someone I know, there's something I don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's someone I don't know at all, it's because I don't know them. And so if, if again, like you're 100% confident, like I'm right for this role and here's why, tell me that specific reason and I'll probably see you. And I think um, that has happened a number of times with like certain projects. I'm, I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about a film. I uh, recently completed where, you know, the the agent was like, "Hey, this this actor actually in in a past life like worked the same job this character does. Like, I think she thinks she has a lot of like life experience to bring to it." And I, again, like ninety nine percent of the time, will be like, "Cool, yeah, I didn't know that, so I should see this actor." You know, it's tell me tell me the specific reason why you're perfect for it. Um, or th- they speak uh, this language that I need for this part. You know, and I didn't know that about this actor. Um, I just I just completed uh, a film where I needed, like, a, a very, very, very specific type genre of dance. And I needed several actors who could do it. And they, I can't tell you the number of people coming out of the woodwork. Like, actors I've auditioned in the past that are like, I've been training for this my whole life. And I was like, I didn't know that about you. Like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. I love learning new things about actors, but like, you know, you have I have to know that or like, it has to be on your resume. And if I don't know that, like, tell me. And again, like, I'm, I'm more likely to give you the audition.
0: And actors, you might want to, if you have, you can juggle on a unicycle. You can, uh, you're a really good golfer, um, play drums, like whatever to have some sort of 45 second compilation of the things that are exclusive to you that can, that can be thrown just on the side of actors access, just in case there's something that's very specific. Um, I've heard that that does go a long way too. It's not like they have to reach out back to you and say, Hey, can he play basketball? If so, can he shoot something and send Mm -hmm. it to, if you have something already, that's I could book you the role I booked drum rolls or roles that, that were drummers just because I was also a drummer, you know?
1: Yeah. In- instruments, huge. That's a great example.
0: Languages.
2: Yeah.
1: I, again, I would, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Adam go.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to ask you since the onset of the pandemic and we've just been in, you know, self land for two years, has that, changed the casting process in terms of not, as we spoke about earlier, you know, when somebody comes into a room and all of that and the shorthand and, um, you know, just shooting the shit with everybody before you get into the scene and wanting to see the person, you know, before you start getting into it, you know, where you, you just have the slate and the tape and that's it. And we're not having that in-person connection where, You know, you walk into the room, it's, hey, how are you? Good. I know it's so hot today or whatever, you know, just that little stuff where you can experience the actor as a person before you start getting into the work. Has that changed casting at all for you guys?
1: Yes and no. Yes and no. If I have to be like really, really picky, my personal opinion is yes. Like I... I miss in the room casting quite a bit. I'm not quiet about it. I miss that like human and a lot of it is selfish because I love actors. I love the I love the social aspect of my job. It um it makes me happy. I love interacting with people. So again, like that is that's just part of the job that I really like and I do believe we lose that in kind of like the self-tape zoom moment we're in um which you know we're we're kind of falling out of and i do believe like there is a place for some of this moving forward i think there are some things we've learned about auditioning that work and we'll keep those in place like take what works and then you know um hope i i, I do think we're going to be back in the room more and more for like callback scenarios and and whatnot yeah. I think we should be because you gotta of- measure their
0: nerves man you gotta measure their nerves and their mm-hmm. how
1: You do, and I think you know the way we've kind of been making up for that. Okay, but is this a person we want to be spending four weeks in Missouri with? You know, is 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 taking like a lot of my directors have been taking like Zoom meetings, just like chats with like their top picks for the role or or a quick phone call, just to again like gauge that. But even then, Mm -hmm. like there is nothing like sharing a space with a person, yeah, at all. and uh, something else i will say is like as we move forward in like this world of hybrid tapes and in person sessions like i i would be remiss if i did not say on the whole the people who book the jobs are the people who came in the room and i i do believe it is that it is that in-person element there. I think teams have more confidence when it's like we've shared space with this person. Like we had that experience of their audition and like it just gives you more confidence than watching a self-tape. Um, That's just again been my experience over the years is like, yeah, you can tape. The people in the room are gonna book the job. And self-taping has always been an option for me and will always be an option for me. Um, I don't want your availability on a specific day to be the reason you don't audition for a part. I believe there are like equitable ways to like you know uh treat the audition process and we're learning a lot about that in the past 2 years um but ultimately I always want in-room in sessions to be kind of my norm um cuz I prefer them and I have seen like whether they know it or not my teams prefer them too. Um, Sorry, what was the rest of the question? I just went off on a tangent.
2: <laughs> no, I th- I think you answered it. It's that you know, not having that in the room element where you really get to meet somebody outside of just the role, yeah. right? Because you know, you you submit and it's just the scene, yeah. or it's just you know, the slate is all of five to ten seconds. You don't I was really just get to ask. Experience I'm glad you somebody. But, you know, earlier you were talking about that director that you worked with who loved having somebody come in the room and just getting a vibe of them and knowing them before you, like, start getting into the audition. So, no, you, I think you you did answer yeah. that question. It's it, it certainly must be an air of difficulty for casting directors to kind of lose that element of the process.
1: You would- think um but i will say there are a lot of casting directors who want this to be who want all self-tape casting to be the norm moving forward uh which i mm-hmm. super disagree with but like you would you would be surprised there are I, I think there are two camps and we all pretty feel strongly one way or the other um yeah. mm-hmm. so it, uh, it there are a lot of interesting conversations going on in casting i i will i will leave it at that um and uh, just again to like To put a bow on what I was saying about, you know, that human element and in-person and self-taping, I will still say, like, ultimately, I have cast dozens of projects now in the past two years, like, where we never met a person in the room. They went on to do the project and everything went just fine. You know, like, hear me say, like, if this is how I I said this all the time to actors the past two years, I'm like, if if self-tape casting is what we need to do right now to keep everybody healthy and safe... It is fine. It works. Like this is, it is a, it is a solution. Um, In a post pandemic world. I don't know that it still makes sense, but for the past two years, it has made sense. And on the whole, yeah. I have cast so many projects where we never interacted in person and went on to make films that played festivals and won big awards. So like, again, like on the whole, it hasn't been super damaging in that sense. Um, but if I had to, if I had to give my personal opinion, I do think the room being in the room is the best way to cast. I do.
2: Yeah. yeah. Allie, you mentioned earlier, and I loved that you said it, it's because I think this is a common misconception for maybe people who are getting into this and just starting their careers that casting directors do not always necessarily cast the role. So I wanted to ask you. Because I say it's a big question for a lot of people when you do your self tape and you submit it, what happens next? Yeah, for you know, on the casting director's side, I've done my tape, I've done my work, I've sent it off. What happens?
1: So, in a, in a normal process for my office, then we collect all the tapes, we watch all of them, like we basically screen them, and again, on the whole. I'm selecting good people. So I I err on the side of sending as many tapes to my team as possible so they have like the most options. And like only if somebody just has a horrific tape for some reason or they I I'm really specific about my slates. I use my slates now in this self-tape world for like informational purposes like are you located where I need you to be located? Are you fully vaccinated? Like I have all of that in my slate. So again, like I told our assistant, I'm like, watch the slate first, because if they come back and they say they're not vaccinated, they can't do this. And like, again, we've asked you to verbally confirm that for us. So it's kind of just like a a slight screening. And then I, I send the tapes over to my team to, make their selections and they will either be like, yes, this person, let's make an offer, or they'll be like, okay, we like these three. Let's do a chemistry read or a callback. Um, and callbacks can be anything from like redirects where we just have you tape again, or we'll do like a, a Zoom callback session. Um or EcoCast Live, which I don't know if you've had the pleasure of doing EcoCast Live yet, but it is <laughs> glitchy as hell. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah and
0: and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the kind of the pressing question that a lot of actors pose, and that's with those self tapes that come to you those ones that you say no, absolutely not go right to the bin why are they going to the bin what are the from a performance standpoint this isn't about walking into the room and connecting and the the you as a person from strictly a performance standpoint and i I just we just cast something and I created like a ninety minute edit of here's what not to do and it's like five seconds of every little thing okay see the setup here or the the there's no authenticity here or there's so many things that go into a tape that just let it work mm-hmm. technical artistic what are the things that you see that send the tape to the bin
1: yeah um again we're fairly like generous and understanding with our tapes but it's like in the event someone is clearly reading the lines <laughs> from, I can't tell you how many self-tapes I've gotten where the actor is sitting like this, like at a desk and I can see them just like reading and not right. like reading in a way where I'm like, Oh, there's, there's something there, like, they know this, you know, like they, they can do this part. It's just like, Oh, you just really didn't prepare this at all. Um, Cause again, like I even say, I, I say to actors all the time, like I don't care if you're, if you're holding the sides as long as like the work is there, like if you need that safety net, sure. But if the work is there, like that's what I care about. That's what I'm watching right. for. Like, can you do this? Are you good? But there are instances where it's like, oh, you just didn't read this, you didn't prepare. I um for pretty much all of our projects, I send a full script along and I encourage actors and myself tape instructions like read the full script if you can, like, because I can tell who has read it and who has not, like who understands their scene in context and who just read the sides and was like, all right, let's make a tape. You know, I think there is, there is a difference. So the, the people I'm not passing along are just like, Oh, you really clearly just didn't make the effort on this one. And I'm, I'm just not going to waste my team's time with that. Um, Which is, again, hear me say, that's pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, And again, the the biggest reason somebody's tape doesn't get passed along if it is for, like, a logistical reason, like, in their slate. Again, and I try to be pretty crystal clear in all my breakdowns. Like, I'm looking for local hires here. I'm looking for X, Y, Z. And then I get people fall through the cracks who find their way into auditioning. And, you know, it's like an L.A. project where we only have budgeted for L.A. hires. And they're like, and I'm in New York. And I'm like, well, that's just too bad because I can't. My team doesn't have the budget to fly anyone in. And so, like, sure. I'm not going to make them. I'm not going to have them fall in love with somebody that we ultimately can't hire. Um, right. And yeah. so, you know, like, that's that's really the biggest reason, I would say, is, like, logistically, you can't do this job. And that doesn't have anything to do with your performance. It just has to do with, like, you somehow managed to eke your way into my submissions and didn't really read the full breakdown
0: <laughs> got it
2: right on well ali this is Allie, great thank this you was, so much yeah it's no, super was, informative it's
1: a pleasure and like i,
2: I said it's i'd say so many times you know you don't really have access to speak to this department of the machine so it's um you know some and I'd say most people, usually when it comes to casting directors, have a million questions in their head and mm-hmm. um so this was super super, super informative. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us pick your brain for a bit.
0: Oh Allie, what do you uh, what do you have anything exciting out in the festival world, or I know you sometimes you can't talk about things that you're working on, but um as of late, anything yeah. that we can highlight
1: yes, um so we have. In the in the film world, we have um the cathedral, obviously, which is in an in indie. We cast about this time last year that um, went to Venice Film Festival and just premiered at Sundance and now we'll have its New York premiere in April. So we're we're really excited. The cast is just incredible. It's uh led by Brian Darcy James and Monica Barbaro, and then it's it's just chock full of a bunch of new york new york actors you know and love um in the in the podcast space i have a few out there right now that are doing quite well i am quite fond of shipworm which is like a feature length podcast um that was just optioned for uh to be a feature film so we're no kidding yeah uh, and that's the wow. same team, that's the same same team who did Limetown, which we cast the podcast version of Limetown episodic, um, that was spun off into a Facebook series with Jessica Beale. Um, wow. so we really like working with them. Um, and then I have another podcast I really like called um, City of Ghosts that came out this fall. It's the cast is sick. Um, and I will I will give credit to that cast to like the pandemic that is the first thing we cast like in the full shutdown and we got like really ambitious with our asks because all actors were just kind of like sitting at home doing nothing right. and we figured right. out like podcasting is something we can do separate se- separated and so um we have this kind of like really ridiculous cast um anyway so like i, I mean uh i i highly recommend that for a listen as well um yeah. And then I, I have a really, really cool theater thing coming up, but I don't think I can talk about it, but okay. Gonna be like a press release soon. <laughs> That's oh, what I'll wonderful. Do. All
0: right. We'll keep an eye oh, out.
1: That. Yeah.
0: And, and how do we, uh, if somebody wants to not slide into your DMS, but check you out on <laughs> Instagram, what's the old Insta.
1: Sure. So my company is at EB as an Eisenberg beans, casting co CO like company, um, and that's where we post like our generic company stuff, but also occasionally we do post like casting calls and breakdowns and whatnot. We're starting to like slowly utilize social media for some of that, um, cool. in, in appropriate cases. Um, and then, uh, across all platforms, I am at casting by Allie, A-L-L-Y. Sweet. Allie
0: Beans, thank you so yeah. much thank for stopping you so by. so much.
1: You're most welcome. This was awesome.
0: Good luck with everything, and let us know about anything that's coming up. I do want to hear about this uh, press release, so I'm excited to hear. Yeah. It. Congratulations yeah, yeah. on everything, really. And and like I said at the beginning of the episode, I see just a whole. There's so many chapters ahead of you, and well, if you've done so much with with this time, with what how long you've been here, how little time you've been here, there's just so much to like hope for for you. And I hope you're excited about what's to come because we are.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I um, appreciate those words of affirmation. You listened well.
0: <laughs> Allie loved the affirmation, baby. All right, Allie. Thanks so thank much. You. Take thank care. You thank you. Thanks, it was a pleasure Tommy. meeting you.
1: Thanks, Adam. Yes, same.
0: Bye. Oh, my gosh. How cool. Just to That's see the other side. And like you said, we, yeah. we never get to see that side, yet it's the most important thing aside from the acting that actors need to see because it takes you out of yourself, I think, ultimately. And I think a lot of the things that Ali was saying where this is a problem, that's a problem, this is an issue, it's because actors are just involved in themselves and they're not looking at the casting director with their plate and what they've got going on. You think you're the only person sliding into her DMs or crashing the audition or whatever, you know, you have to, um, I think an understanding of her world lends yourself to be, uh, to avoid unoriginality and um, tastelessness because you know what they're up against. You know what they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah. It's very informative. Um, I'd say if you're, if you're ever in a position, you should um, try and go to some sort of industry Q and a with casting directors or get into a workshop with a casting office. It is just a wealth of information. Um, And to be able to hear it from, like we said, the horse's mouth and like, you know, not guess and uh, right. have them tell you, this is what we're looking for. This is our order of operations. This is what we think you should do in the, you know, all that stuff. And you go, oh, great. It's, I mean, that's the casting director telling me. So take all of that and utilize it for your benefit because it's incredible information. And it ain't going to be something
0: that's taught in acting school.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Before the Break. You can find out more about us and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Working Actor Pro. Check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com. Follow him at thatadamdecarlo. And you can see my stuff at tommybeardmore.com. Follow me at I'm Tommy, by the way. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review if you like what you heard. Check back next week for an all new episode with an all new guest. Adam.
2: All righty. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next
1: time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sturley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.